Time for us to have a little chat with our Richard Zussman, our global news reporter over in Victoria. Good morning, Richard. Good morning, Simi. How you doing? I'm good, thank you. And I know it's a big day today for provincial government discussion because we're finally going to figure out who is going to be in charge in this next government. A lot of secrecy around this, isn't there? I've been very tight-lipped. Yeah, so, you know, cabinets often, uh, you start hearing uh, rumors and you yeah. start seeing things emerge. And this time it's been different. I think the big reason for that is because of COVID-19, everybody is separated. There are less people uh, in the same rooms, you know, having conversations, maybe overhearing a conversation. And then those conversations get, you know, sent out into the general public and the media picks up on it and and get reported. And I think because of that, uh, we have heard very little about what to expect today uh, when we see John Horgan's cabinet. You know, there are some names that are starting to emerge of people that we should expect to get a phone call uh, today to be part of the team. And I think obviously the thing to watch is how, you know, this a cabinet is built around dealing with COVID-19. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the, the one of the big, and I think it's important to say right out of the start, Adrian Dix will remain as the health minister. I think the consistency of that is so critical to government. Uh, if there, there should never have been any doubt, uh, but uh, Adrian Dix will continue in that role. And the question is, does John Horgan hire someone uh, within his caucus to be in charge of COVID-19 recovery. You know, we know there's a lot of ministries uh, who will be dealing with those sort of tangible COVID issues, finance, jobs, uh, tourism. You know, it's hard to find a ministry where uh, the pandemic and the virus doesn't have an impact, but whether there's sort of someone who is in charge of the communication of all of that, coordinating all of that. And for a while, I thought David Eby would be a, a good fit to do something like that to to help lead the communication side of that i'm hearing that may not be the case anymore but uh it's something that could be obviously it will be very interesting to watch to see uh two o'clock when the swearing in starts right any indication of who might be the finance minister because we know with carol james no longer there and that that's going to be difficult for premier john horgan because they were very close yeah yeah, so there's a lot of talk uh, in the business community that it is going to be Selena Robinson. So she's currently the Municipal Affairs and Housing Minister. Uh, she also has a very good uh, and strong relationship with John Horgan. Uh, he is not trying to replace Carol James. She is irreplaceable. Uh, the relationship that they had both personally and professionally is so rare in politics uh, and something that can't be replaced. But Selena Robinson does have a very strong working relationship with Horgan. You saw in the campaign that, you know, the party trusts her. They sent her out on a lot of important issues, yeah. including the Lori Thronis issue again and again and again. And that is often a sign in an election which a core candidates do you rely on to go and send the election message when the leader is not available? And that was Selena Robinson, George Heyman, and Ravi Kalon. And I would expect uh, Heyman and Robinson are in cabinet. They will continue in cabinet. Robinson with the significant promotion of finance. I would expect that uh, Callon gets put into cabinet. Again, it's, it's a combination of skills, relationship, uh, as well as the ability to communicate, which is so crucial now. Right. Um, you know, in COVID, it's about, you know, the decisions are being made by health, but is it about 
government's responsibility to communicate that to the public and explain sort of the full vision of how we're dealing with the virus now and how we're going to deal with it down the road. What about somebody like Bowen Ma, who's also been quite visible and out there and talking to people? Yeah, that's a really, really interesting one uh, because she has been seen as a bright star within the party, uh, but she is incredibly outspoken. And sometimes a decision needs to be made. When you're in cabinet, it is a different type of role than being a constituency MLA. You know, you are restricted in what you can say in many regards about a large variety of issues because of what you hear in cabinet uh, after you've signed cabinet confidentiality. And the question is, does Bowen Ma want to be a part of cabinet? and give up some of that independence that she now has? Does John Horgan want someone who is viewed as such a strong independent thinker within his cabinet, but she also is very strong on a number of issues, uh, transportation, uh, she has been a huge part of developing the transportation plan between Vancouver and the North Shore. She has been integral in uh, the ride-sharing file, in the TransLink file, She's going to be a really interesting one to watch because expect um, a, a gender balanced cabinet, expect a cabinet that has uh, substantial diversity uh, in terms of cultural diversity. They are looking for diversity in age and Bowen Ma checks all of that off, right? A woman yeah. of color under the age of 40. So it's hard to believe someone like that gets left out of a cabinet, but there's uh, some reasons for, as I explained, for why yeah. she may be left out if she is. Uh, so do you see any changes? Do you see anybody being kind of shuffled around? Like, for instance, what about the education ministry? So this is a big one for me as well. It's hard in the moment to assess, you know, how a minister is doing in a portfolio like education. You talk to some people in the education sector, stakeholders saying they have never had better communication with the minister. They've never had better communication with government overall, understanding the decisions that are being made in the school system around COVID and the COVID plan. And there are other stakeholders in the education system who say, the minister doesn't listen to me. The minister's impossible to deal with. There's been frustration around uh, communication, especially when it comes to reporting cases and explaining how the province defines an exposure event uh, in a school situation for COVID. And, you know, this is a question that the Premier has to answer is, is it time to press refresh on the education portfolio? Or if I make a change, will it be a big fuss and the public will say, oh, like you changed it because you didn't like your plan and exactly, the plan was yeah. poorly done and now I have no trust in the education system because you changed your minister. <laughs> so right. it's a tough decision to make in that regard and, and it's hard to assess. I, I think in some cases, Ralph Fleming has done an effective job. In other cases, there's been a struggle with communicating to the plan to people. And so that's going to be one of the really interesting ones. I've also been told, though, that... Um, Every current minister will remain a minister. No one will get moved out of cabinet, but they could potentially move, be moved to a new job. Uh, there are seven openings, so John Horgan's got a lot of space to fill. No kidding, a lot of space to fill. Okay, but once we've done that, once they've named all, all the people, uh, what do you think we're going to start to see some action? Will there be a lot of, like, let's get to work right now? 
Yes, for sure. And we know a session's coming back December 7th. So that's really fast to get a session underway. So there's going to be a work that has to be done logistically on that, preparing legislation. And the big piece of legislation that's going to be debated uh, is the $1,000 direct deposit that some British Columbians will be getting for COVID relief. And that's on a sliding scale. So, you know, a lot of British Columbians will get uh, some part of this money that's being allocated. And that has to be debated what it's going to look like, how quickly will it be um, distributed. So that's going to be a big priority. And then um, obviously just the day-to-day issues around, you know, dealing with the pandemic. One of the things that seemingly has fallen to the wayside has been uh, that um, recovery fund, the $1.5 billion that was announced before the election, you know, and plus the money that goes to municipalities. A lot We haven't heard a whole lot about that. So we should expect to get more communication on that. Tourism is going to be interesting as well. Josie Osborne is a name to look out for, Mid-Island Pacific Rim MLA. Mm-hmm. She was the mayor of Tofino before she just stepped down to you know, serve as the MLA for the community. And, and tourism is going to be so crucial that that sector feels that they have been mistreated and ignored by government. And uh, it's going to be a high-priority area because it's such an important part of our provincial economy. Okay, so it's going to be a busy day. And all of this is going to be done online today, right? Yeah, so John Horgan and Janet Austin, the Lieutenant Governor, will be in the same place. So will the Attorney General. Uh, But all the ministers will be, you know, at a place of their choosing, likely home, and they will be beamed in virtually on screens. Uh, It's going to look different. Uh, It's going to look interesting. Uh, But it all starts at 2 o'clock. And yes, it will be a very different feel than we're used to in terms of, uh, you know, how people learn who, who are the decision makers within this government. All right. We will wait for that. Thanks very much, Richard. Yeah, thanks to me. Have a great day.